Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Jody Medeiros, the director of Walk San Francisco. It's a nonprofit dedicated to making the city safer for pedestrians, but any walk around the city will show you there's a long way to go on that front. Jody is talking today about the rash of traffic deaths in the city so far this year, the shocking number of severe injuries due to collisions, and policy changes that could actually make a difference. I'll be right back with Jody Medeiros. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Jody Medeiros, director of Walk San Francisco. Well, thank you, Jody, so much for being here today. It's good to see you. Great to see you, too. Thanks for this invite. Yeah, so how long have you been the director of Walk SF now? I've only been the director for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. I started October of 2017. Okay. And where did you work before that? I spent eight years um, at the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition, which is where I really learned how people in um, a city can really change how our city works Mm -hmm. and how collective action makes a huge difference um, in how we get around San Francisco. Uh, I did a little bit of housing policy after that, Mm -hmm. and then this job really came available, and I realized that I love working with the community. I love changing our streetscape, Mm -hmm. and I think that the work we do at Walk San Francisco is so important to our well-being and our livability of the city. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Vision Zero, which was created by the late Mayor Ed Lee and the Board of Supervisors in early 2014. Uh, They pledged to eliminate all traffic deaths in San Francisco within 10 years, and we're now halfway through that 10 years. Um, But it's been a real horrible start to 2019 um, in terms of traffic deaths, and it appears like we're not actually making much progress at all, and certainly not on track to get to zero. You told me you get two to three texts a week from the SFPD about traffic collisions. What is it like to um, be working on this issue and and yet hearing about all of these deaths back-to-back so far this year? Yeah, um, I definitely think that this uh, is the most meaningful work that I could do. I I realize that... um, you know, when people kiss their loved ones goodbye in the morning, there is a chance that people don't come home. And that to me is the um, most meaningful thing that I can do to try to make our streets safe. Mm -hmm. And so when, um, you know, when you hear of a 14 year old that's out walking her dog and uh, gets hit by a car, this is where you really understand the gravity of the situation we're in in San Francisco and the importance of um, why we need to redesign our streets so that they're safe. Uh, What I love about Vision Zero and the work we do is it really takes in safe streets factors. We know that um, behavior is inevitable. And so how do we design our streets so that the human behaviors that we know cause severe and fatal crashes, that those are more avoidable? Mm -hmm. And that is the focus of Vision Zero. Mm -hmm. And I asked you to bring a list of all of the people killed on city streets in San Francisco so far in 2019. What number are we up to now? I believe that the tally of Vision Zero includes people walking, bicycling, and people who die in cars, correct? Correct. So what is that figure so far this year? Eleven. Eleven. Can you read the list of the pedestrians and bicyclists who are on that list so that listeners know these aren't just statistics, but they're actually real people? Yeah. Sorry, I'll try not to choke up when I I I read this list because it is hard. Lucy Morales, Nancy Ng. Zhao Guan, Jose Manuel Haros Carrasco, Janice Higashi, Tess Rothstein. 
Madeline Kodev, and Pablo Ramirez. I'm writing a column about Madeline, who is 14, was 14 and was killed after being hit by a car on John Muir Drive in March. And that road is a known problem. Another pedestrian died there in a collision a few years ago. Why is the city struggling to fix these known problems? Or in city lingo, I believe they're called high-injury corridors. Yeah, we do know that 75% of our fatalities and severe injuries happen on 13% of our streets. Mm-hmm. So... Um, We do have these high-injury corridors mapped, uh, thanks to the work of the Department of Public Health and also the police department and uh, SFMTA. They do know where these uh, crashes happen. The process um, is long and hard to do all 100-plus high-injury corridor streets, and we are doing it one by one. This is why I would really love to have much more sweeping legislation that streamlines how we get our changes done, whether that be daylighting, which means removing a parking space from the curb, just so that we can have clear, the drivers can have clearer visibility to Mm -hmm. pedestrians standing and waiting to cross. Or it could be um, just making sure that we have high visibility crosswalks with zebra stripes, Mm -hmm. making sure that we can have it so that when we turn and there's a person in the crosswalk, we're making it much harder for that car to go quickly through that through that turn. And so these are just the sweeping changes that we'd like to see. But some of these things are not legislated, and it is block by block. Right. Uh, Madeline's soccer team went to City Hall recently to deliver a letter to the mayor and supervisors asking for really basic changes to John Muir Boulevard. And I'll read part of that letter. Uh, We implore you to press the SFMTA to begin safety improvements to the area of Madeline's collision immediately, and we want to know why nothing has been completed already. Painting a larger stretch of the curbs red leading up to the crosswalk to aid visibility for and of pedestrians could be done in a matter of hours and at little cost. Radar speed signs and flashing pedestrian crossing signs could also be completed in the short term, and the speed limit could be lowered to 25 miles per hour. These are all obvious and easily achieved improvements to us middle schoolers. So if girls aged 12 to 14 can see what's needed on streets like this, why is it taking City Hall so long to actually make these changes? Yeah, it's interesting and also just so heart-wrenching that 14-year-olds have to go and and ask for these things. I accompanied those girls at City Hall, and um, it was hard not to break up every time that they had to repeat their asks. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say that uh, Board President Yee is trying to put legislation in place so that daylighting is is easily done and mandatory. Currently, the John Muir daylighting has to go to another committee Friday, and I'll be there. Yeah. So um, it, it is a committee where we do, because it's more than one parking place, so it does have to be asked to be legislated so that it's multiple parking places that can be removed. Wow. And these are the things that we do need to streamline as a city because we should not have to be begging to remove a parking place when safety is, um, when it's really pedestrian safety. Mm-hmm. I went by that uh, crosswalk where Madeline was killed a few days ago and saw that there is one of those um, radar signs showing um, drivers how far they're, how fast they're going, but it's still 30 miles an hour, um, which is pretty fast for a residential yeah, street. Yeah, we do know that speed is the number one killer for traffic violence, and um, cities like Boston and New York and Seattle and Portland, they've all done great jobs in reducing the speed limit. Some uh, Boston and New York is now 25 citywide, and Seattle and Portland is 20 miles per hour. 
in every city street. Yeah, wow. residential streets. Uh-huh. So. Um, Walk San Francisco back in 2012 got legislation that we reduced the speed limit to 15 miles an hour around schools. So that was enacted in 2012. We know we have the ability to do that, but it definitely has to be done at the state level. And that's something that we would love to um, work on and get really a champion at the state to, to carry this legislation. It can't be done locally? It cannot be done locally. Huh. Um. Another major problem in addition to deaths is the serious injuries from traffic collisions. I learned that half of all trauma patients taken to SF General are there because they were hit by a car or some other traffic collision. Um, Last year, there were 574 severe traffic injuries in San Francisco, which is about one and a half every single day. Uh, These can be devastating for patients and their families and permanently affect their lives for the worse, but we hardly ever hear about them. Uh, Why do you think that injuries are kind of downplayed in San Francisco. Yeah, we definitely focus a lot more on fatalities than our injuries. And I think that, thank you, Heather, for raising this number in terms of severe injuries is something that WACSF is starting to talk about more because we have not seen those numbers come down. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that we have so many more cars on our streets. The numbers of cars um, into San Francisco is up by 17%. We know that the ride hail companies, the Lyfts and the Ubers are increasing the number of drivers just circulating around and causing about 50% more traffic on our city streets. So we have to reduce the number of cars on our streets in order to also reduce the number of severe injuries as well as fatalities. So, um, Walk San Francisco runs a group called the San Francisco Bay Area Families for Safe Streets. Mm -hmm. These are people who are survivors or have loved ones that they've lost to traffic violence. And we are trying to help them raise their voices because their stories are so incredibly powerful about telling the story of what it means to either lose a loved one or really live with the trauma of traffic violence. Uh And um, it is these folks that are strong and brave that come forward with their stories that really make a difference and really touch the hearts and make people realize that uh, traffic violence is something that touches all of us. It doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't discriminate against race or age or, you know, income level. That it is really touches everybody in our community. Yeah, you mentioned Uber and Lyft being a, a big factor in driving up the number of cars that are on the streets. What would you say are the other big reasons for all of these deaths and severe injuries that aren't really going down? Well, you, you did touch upon speed. We do have a lot of streets that are still designed to be fast-moving corridors. Um, I think that it's notable that every street in the Tenderloin is on our high-injury corridors. And if you think of the number of those streets that are one-way with timed lights so that people do move fast, um, and yet that neighborhood has so many seniors and children uh, this is one of the neighborhoods that WACSF works in the most and is really trying to redesign those streets for traffic calming. It's great that last year we did pass legislation so that both Taylor Street and 6th Street in Soma is going to have a reduced lane of traffic. So that is the kind of street design that we need to focus on that is going to help us um, definitely reduce the amount of collisions that we have. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that the SFMTA just put a pedestrian scramble at Golden Gate and Leavenworth, where Janice Higashi was killed. And that is where we actually are doing the infrastructure and easy light timing that um, gives pedestrians the priority, and we don't just let the cars rule the road. Right. 
Do you think police are doing enough when it comes to enforcing traffic laws? It's super easy to walk around downtown and see terrible behavior by drivers, but there hardly ever seems to be any consequence. Yeah, so um, <laughs> the police do, are part of Vision Zero. They are definitely on the focus on the five areas, and those are the five areas where um, we know that the most dangerous driver behavior not yielding to pedestrians in the crosswalk, running red lights, running stop signs, um, uh, speeding, of course, and then also yielding to pedestrians while turning. In the police have committed to 50% of their traffic ticket violations to be focused on these five. In 2018, last year, they only were at 44%. So we know that there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. The other thing about um, the police that we have to also realize is they can't be everywhere at every time. That's why Walk San Francisco and other um, transportation advocates are working at the state level to get what we call automated speed enforcement. These are cameras that um, can clock cars going at speed limits, usually 10 miles over the speed limit, Mm -hmm. 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. And it enables us to track who is speeding and give them a ticket. And what we like about automated speed enforcement is, is again, police can't be everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. but also it doesn't discriminate. So it's a very, it's much more equitable solution to our, um, to our enforcement. What's been the slowdown in terms of getting that to actually happen? Oh, that's a tough one, Heather. Um, we did go to the state level to get ASE. It did have a bill and a number, but it couldn't get out of committee, mm-hmm. and that was in 2017. Um, thanks so much to Assemblyman David Chu for getting that. And we are now just working to see what other cities would join us in getting this passed. Um, again, this would have been a pilot, not even a permanent solution. Um, but we think that if we get other cities to join on, that it's going to get through at the at the state level. Again, this is another big, transformative, sweeping policy that we need at the state level. And um, it's what we really need to be working on because what we're doing currently with Vision Zero, we're five years in, we're not seeing drastic reductions of severe injuries or uh, traffic fatalities. We need not to start- Not any reductions, really. We are not, um, We what we're doing is not working, mm-hmm. the street by street approach. So we really do need to look at these transformative policies to, mm-hmm. to change what we're doing. Yeah. Another um, issue in addition to automated speed enforcement that's been debated for years and has made no progress is congestion pricing. Yeah. That came up again just uh, the other week. What do you think of that idea? No, I think congestion pricing is um, definitely needed for our city. We see that it works in London. We know that New York just passed it. It's something that we could be doing in San Francisco because, again, it's the number of cars on our streets that are causing these crashes and these horrible injuries and fatalities. Mm -hmm. So we do need to be looking at all the tools in our toolbox that's going to get us to reduce numbers of cars. And when we get the um, funds through congestion pricing, we can definitely funnel that into our muni bus system or other ways to encourage more walkability, more biking, and that infrastructure that we need. Mm Because we know that um, if it's not enjoyable, then people aren't going to walk there. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think of two streets like, would you rather walk on Page Street or would you rather walk on Fell Street? You know, people are always going to take Page. Yeah. Whenever we write about congestion pricing or automated speed enforcement, uh, readers say there's a war on cars in San Francisco. What do you think of that phrase? Do you buy that there is a war on cars? 
Um, I definitely don't think that there's a war on cars, because if there was a war on cars, we would have definitely a different um, attitude towards uh, grabbing a ride hail when our bus is three minutes behind schedule, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, parking is still uh, a fight to to get people to... um, you know, give up a parking space. Mm -hmm. So I really think that we're out there with, there's still a war on people, Mm -hmm. on pedestrians, and I really want to see San Francisco so that it's designed for a pedestrian-first city. Mm -hmm. And I would love to be a model for the rest of the country to really have that because we have great weather, it's a beautiful city, it's great walkability, but um, we still have streets that are designed for cars. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked you about the police department, but now for the SFMTA, is that agency doing enough, in your opinion, to fix some of these issues? I think the SFMTA has um, the right smart people that are doing the work. Um, I think that we really need to be figuring out how to do this work faster. And um, the pace at which the MTA is working is just not sufficient for us to get to zero. Mm -hmm. We would like to help them because I think that the sweeping um, changes, the policy level changes could really help them a lot so that they're also not having to go and fight parking place by parking place to put daylighting in or a pedestrian safety zone, that it is something that's um, just legislated and easily done. It's been one of those things where the Livable Streets Division is really working hard, and I feel like their hearts and minds are in the right place, Mm -hmm. but it's really what we need to do as a city so that we're not not operating block by block. And Director Ed Riskin just announced he'll be leaving this summer at the urging of the mayor, who has been quite dissatisfied with his leadership uh, in recent months. What do you think the new director of the SFMTA should prioritize? Um, I I do want to just say that um, Ed Riskin was definitely a um, champion of Vision Zero. I think that without having Ed at the helm of the SFMTA, we might not have had Vision Zero passed. Mm -hmm. His his heart was definitely into it, and he realized, like, this is something that's going to be great for San Francisco. So... um, We do want the new MTA director to be bold, to be able to see what the vision is for Muni. Um, In order for Vision Zero to become a reality, Muni has to work. It has to be reliable. It has to be on time. It has to be clean. It has to be efficient. People have to want to take Muni. And so it is one of these things where um, Muni has to really be working like clockwork for us to be um, a great uh, walking and people city. Mm-hmm. And if you were the mayor, what would be three to five changes you would make immediately when it comes to making our streets safer for people walking? That's a great question, Heather. <laughs> if I was the no mayor, pressure. yeah. Um, again, I do want to go back to the sweeping legislation. I think that that's really uh, something that we need to focus on um, in San Francisco, and it is going to take leadership and political will to really get that that pushed at the local and the state level. Um, again, Board President Yi is doing legislation for just daylighting. You know, mm-hmm. how do we how do we paint the curb red? It is going to be those little changes that I would make sure as mayor that those things passed at the MTA board. 
Um, I think that she's been putting uh, emphasis on the MTA board that does run the MTA, uh, oversee the MTA. And so having the right people there that are asking the hard questions, that are making sure that the MTA is doing the necessarily work that we need to do to make sure that Muni is running on time, to make sure that our um, Vision Zero is a priority, because we know that Vision Zero is probably going to be under her watch 2024 if she does uh, win as mayor. So that's really important. And we do need to figure out as a city how we can start really managing our ride hail. Mm -hmm. um, it is the Lyft and the Uber that are putting the pressure on our streets. We have a lot of people that are driving in San Francisco that aren't familiar with San Francisco streets. It's leading to distracted driving, and it's leading to a lot of these um, dangerous behaviors that are causing uh, our crashes. Mm -hmm. And so... As mayor, I would be working with the PUC at the uh, local and at the state level to try to figure out how we can be doing better at managing our, our ride hails. If you were my mayor, I would want you to um, do a better job of enforcing all the Lyft and Uber drivers who just stop in the middle of roads as they wait for their riders, even if there's like an, a parking spot right there. It's yeah. my pet peeve. Oh, I know. I know. Um, if you ride up Polk Street now, it has a nice partial uh, bike way, bike lane up the part of Polk Street, you still see Lyft and Ubers parking in the bike lane. And that to me is just mind boggling. Yeah. So we do we do need to um, to work on that. And enforcement might be something that really does change the mentality. Okay, well, we've touched on a lot of really serious topics today. Are you up for ending on a less heavy note with our famous lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what is your favorite burrito in San Francisco? Oh, I'm a huge fan of La Taqueria. Good choice. What do you order there? Um, oh, carnitas, of yeah. course. <laughs> they have the best intent. And where do you go for a stiff drink? Oh, that's a tough one. I've run a, um, a happy hour now on Tuesday nights for 10 years. Oh, wow. And so... Uh, I have to say 15 Romolo is one of my favorite bars in the city. Oh, cool. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? I am a Hitchcock fan, and so I would definitely say Vertigo. And what is your favorite street to walk on in San Francisco? That is a tough one. Um, when I want to feel like a tourist, I definitely walk along the Embarcadero. I mm -hmm. think that it's one of the places that we forget that we live in such an amazing place. Mm -hmm. um, when it's nice and flat. And when it's nice and flat. But I also have to say, walking from the Golden Gate Bridge through the Presidio, through Baker, Brit Baker Beach, mm -hmm. um, it's just one of these places that you really do forget that you live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite street to walk on in San Francisco? Oh, I would say um, streets that have just horrible fast-moving traffic without a lot of uh, interesting things to see. So mm Fell -hmm. um, Street is mm -hmm. not enjoyable mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Just not one of my favorites. I'd, I'd add 19th Avenue to that. List. 19th Avenue as well. Yes. Do you? Can I do one quick thing about 19th yeah. Avenue? So currently there's legislation that... Um, Senator Weiner has there called SB 127. Mm -hmm. 19th Avenue is not managed by SFMTA. It's mm -hmm. managed by Caltrans. So uh, we don't have the ability currently to make 19th Avenue an enjoyable street. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, Senator Weiner hopefully is going to get SB 127 passed so that the state has to treat our um, highways 
into neighborhood streets and actually put money in to fix them and do biking and walking. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know about that. He's very productive. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely a transportation friend. Um, what model car is most likely to have a jerk behind the wheel? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you are not going to ask that question. I might say BMW. That was what I thought. Oh, no. Okay, we're on the same page. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, what do you do when a driver cuts you off? A, flip him off, B, swear, C, honk, D, all of the above. I can't honk as a pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually probably give him a dirty look and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you track how many steps you walk each day? I do. What is your goal or do you have an average? I do have a 10,000 goal. Um, I do hover around seven to 8,000. Um, as a lead of a nonprofit, you do work a lot. And yeah. so sometimes I just don't get all those steps in that I really wish. But yeah. the weekends are where I make up for. How many do you get on the weekends? I aim for 15 to 20 on the weekends. Wow. Yeah. After a long day at work, do you just want to sit on the couch for hours and refuse to walk? <laughs> uh, after a long day at work, I do enjoy a glass of wine and time on the couch <laughs> with my husband and my dog. No steps. And lastly, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Um, my husband and I have coffee in the morning. Every morning he makes coffee in bed. And so that is just our time to spend together and catch up because um, sometimes we don't have the time to catch up during the day as we're yeah. running around. That's nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming here today. It was fun to talk to you. That was absolutely delightful, Heather. <laughs> thank you so much. I enjoyed this a lot. Great. Thank you to Jody Medeiros for joining me today, to Libby Coleman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Have questions or tips? Email hnight at sfchronicle.com or find me on Twitter at hnightsf. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.